want to invite you to open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6, if you would. 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter. I've got about a 33-minute message tonight. How many of you are open to the Word? Open to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise your Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare that our God abundantly supplies every need in this house, every need in the households of faith. Thank you, Lord. You are good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, one of the greatest things you can do for yourself when you walk in this walk with God is make sure that you are indeed a person who fights when it's time to fight. The, what the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6:12, it says, fight. Now, most people stop right there. And they fight one another. They, they fight the Democrats and, you know, they fight the Republicans and they fight this and they fight that. But, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us to fight one another. As a matter of fact, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our fight is not with one another. Did you know this, that your fight really isn't with your bills? That your fight really isn't with your symptoms? Okay. Amen. Amen. When the Bible talks about fighting, it talks about fighting not in the natural realm, but in the spirit realm. Our fight is not a fight that is something that we have to get all worked up and all in the flesh over. You know, Paul said it like this. He says, I'm not shadow boxing as one that beats the air. Amen? But Paul said, he said, uh, I fight the good fight of what? I am fighting the good fight of faith. And it is a fight. But you don't fight from a position and a place trying to obtain victory over symptoms or victory over bills, you fight from a place of already having the victory. You don't fight from a position of defeat. Our fight is from a position of victory. Well, somebody says, well, if I I have the victory, where's the fight? Because the enemy is trying to rob you of your victory. He's trying to bring you down. Amen? Where He is. See, we serve the Most High, but He is the Most Low. And so what He wants to do, because He got cast out of heaven, He tried to be like the Most High. The Lord looked at Him and says, forget it. And He was cast down, way down. Demons have friends in low places. You and I have a friend that's above every friend. The wonderful person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he is the most high, the devil's the most low. When you got born again, you were raised up together with Christ, seated in high places. Woo! Glory to God. Amen? And so it is from that place, it is from that place in the spirit where we sit, and when the enemy comes to bring us down, and to take our focus off of Jesus and put it on our bills, 
or put it on our flesh or put it on our employee or our employer, then he has a place of advantage over us because he wants us to fight in the flesh, but our warfare is not carnal. We do not war after the flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. But oh, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. But they're mighty, now notice, through God to what? The pulling down of strongholds. And this is where your fight is. Your fight is to maintain the victory that's already yours. Your fight is to walk by faith and not by sight. Your fight is to make sure that you're staying focused on Him and casting down the images that the most low brings to the city of your soul. You know He has videos. And if He can get you to watch His videos, and if He can get you to imagine yourself being homeless, or imagine yourself dying prematurely or imagine yourself going broke or imagine your loved one going to hell those are demonic images from the most low he has an image that he wants to sow into your soul And if you're not smart, you'll sit there and watch those images all day long. And about the time that you think it's over with, the devil will sit there and say, play it again, Sham. (laughs) Play it again. Play it again. Play it again. Play it again. Oh, but there's another image available to you. It is the image of God in you. It is the image of the Word of God that builds a stronghold of faith in your heart. Glory to God. And what you behold is what you will become as you consider not that which is going on in the natural, but as you continue to look unto Him. Looking unto Him. Looking unto who? Who is Him? Him is the Word, and Him is Jesus. And so vedishta mastoyete, and so vedishta lamoka distafayando. So as you set your affection on that which is above, as you set your affection upon the higher things, as you set your affection upon Him and His Word, oh, the image of victory will grow stronger and clearer And greater on the inside of you. And you'll not be moved so easily as you have been in days past. But yea, you're moved by a greater movement. It's the move of the Spirit. And it's the move of glory. And it's the move of His presence and His Word building strength into your heart. Hallelujah. And surely you'll be able to say, oh, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Come on, raise your hand right now. Say it with me, for the Lord is good. 
For the Lord is good. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good. And His mercy endureth. Hallelujah. I mean, that was a whole sermon right there. Glory to God. I just unloaded into you what's been downloaded in me for days. And we're going to teach it out and preach it out and do that some other time. But, oh, I'm telling you, what you behold is what you will become. What you look at will be drawn to you. Amen? So, we must We must make sure then we're looking in the right place. Hallelujah. Many look for answers in the wrong places. Many look for victory through the arm of the flesh. But the arm of the flesh has never and will never profit you anything. For the words that he speaks unto us, these words are spirit and they are life. And they are not addressed to the reasoning realm, but they are addressed to the spirit of man. And so as the spirit spirit of man is nourished in the words of faith and feeding on manna from heaven, oh, oh, says the Lord, you will get stronger and you will live strong and you will live long and your days will be as if they were days of heaven upon the earth. Hallelujah. And so you have a choice to make daily. You have a choice to make. For as the word of the Lord says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You are the establishing witness. You are the one who decides daily whether it shall be life or whether it shall be death. You are the one that decides daily whether it shall be blessing or whether it shall be cursing. Make the right choice. Daily make the right choice. Oh, make the right choice. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, and you shall rejoice, and there'll be much cause for rejoicing. Oh, let's raise our hands. Aha, I choose life. And some would say, how then do I choose life? How is this choice made? It is a quality decision down on the inside. It is something that you do in your heart, consecrated wholly and fully to Him, His cause, His plan, His paths, His ways, and that which also impacts your daily life. So it is a heart decision, and it is a mouth decision. For I would remind you that I have stated in my word that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of your words. Your words will set the course for your day. So say daily, say regularly, I choose to think life. 
I choose to speak life. I choose to live in the blessing. I'm not living my life out of sight, but I'm living my life by faith. And it is by faith that I shall overcome. And it is by faith that I shall be strengthened. And it is by faith that I shall call those things that be not as though they were. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now say this with me. In the name of Jesus, I make a choice. I choose life. I choose the blessing. I choose strength. I choose joy. I choose not to be in strife. That's a curse. And that's death. But I choose love's way. Love's way is God's way. For my Father is love. And so I will walk where He walks. And I will walk in the life of God. And I will walk in the love of God. And therefore I shall never fail. But I shall experience love's best in the here and in the now. For I love life. And I'm going to see good days. Therefore, I will refrain my lips from speaking death and from speaking cursing and from speaking guile. But yea, I shall speak kindly. I shall speak graciously. I shall speak words of life. Hallelujah. Oh, life, 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 life. Come on, say life, life, life. Ha, life. Oh, life, 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 life. For you to experience and for me to experience the life, the abundant kind of life, the God kind of life in quantity and in quality. For us to enjoy to the full this abundant life requires our cooperation. Declare thou, I have the life of God inside of me. I've got his life. I've got his nature. I've got his ability. I choose life. I speak life. Therefore, I will walk in the light of life and I will walk in the fullness of all that's been provided for me by the God of light, the God of life, and the God of love. Amen? Amen? Amen. Is that you? I said, is that you? Oh, that's me. Say it with me. That's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. glory hallelujah don't be tricked anymore don't be tripped up anymore by the deceptions and the allurements and the seduction of the enemy for when the bible you see talks about seducing spirits it not only has to do with lust but a seducing spirit draws men and women away from the truth It says, in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. And so we'll not be seduced any longer. We'll not be drawn away. We'll not, we'll not, we'll not take the bait. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not taking the bait anymore. What bait are you talking about? You know what bait I'm talking about. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
First Timothy 6.12. So I didn't know all that was in that one word fight. <laughs> Glory to God. Now notice this. Now fight. What kind of fight is it? What kind of fight? The good fight of faith. Well, what's a good fight? Can someone tell me what a good fight is? One you win. A good fight is one you win. I've been in some fights in the natural that I didn't win, and it was not a good fight. You know, when I was a younger guy in the grade school, I thought it was really something, so I picked a fight with Steve Malone, and Steve Malone was shorter, but he was a lot tougher. It was not a good day. It was a bad fight. But thank God, when we get in the kingdom of God, we don't war with Steve Malone any longer. We fight the good fight of faith. And a good fight is a fight that's fixed. And it's a fight that you win. Amen. Glory to God. Whoo, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lay hold on what? Now, what, what's the Holy Spirit been talking to us about? Choosing life. Choosing life with our heart. Choosing life with our mouth. And then choosing life in the way that we act. In other words, acting on the life of God. So he is saying here now, lay hold of this eternal life. Lay hold of it. Why should we lay hold of it? Because there's someone that wants to take it from you. Okay? But I like that verse of Scripture, no man's going to take me out of his hand. So lay hold on eternal life, to which we were also called. People wonder, am I called? You better believe you're called. What are you called to? You're called to eternal life. And have confessed what kind of a, a confession? Good, good. good fight? Good, good. good confession. Good fight? Good confession. Bad fight? <laughs> Bad confession. Good fight? Good confession. Amen? Acknowledging the good things which are in us, which are in Christ Jesus. Lay hold on eternal life. To whom you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. And notice with me in verse 16. This is, a, well, actually verse not sure. Verse 6, yeah. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. If you got it, say, I got it. I got it. Okay, so Paul says, For I am already being offered out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is what? Amen. Is it possible for us to know the time of our departure? You know, if it's possible for you to know that you're going to fly out of Oakland tonight at 10.30 p.m., I believe it's possible for you to know when it's time for you to go home to be with the Lord. 
Well, now, Pastor, you know the Bible says it's appointed unto, unto man once to die. But I like what Brother Copeland says. Yeah, he says, but I think I'll make the appointment. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. But notice what he says in verse 7. He said, I have fought the good fight. He said, I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now let's back up a moment. Don't leave until you're finished. Don't leave until you're finished. No unfinished business. Kingdom business. No unfinished work. We can go up and talk to you when we get up there. If you go too early, we had to pick up and do your work. <laughs> Everyone say, no unfinished business. No unfinished work. No unfinished work. Amen. I have fought. The same one who said, fight the good fight of faith, says, I have fought the good yeah, fight. Absolutely. So he must have won. He had plenty of opportunity not to win. But the same one who said, I fought a good fight, said, finally, my brethren, do this with your mind. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are virtuous, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Paul said, think on these things. The same one who said, I fought a good fight also said, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. The same one who said, I fought the good fight of faith, said, don't worry about anything. But in every situation, in every circumstance, let your request be made known unto God. And he said, here's what will happen. The peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Is it important for us to be kept here and here and here in our lives. The same one who said, I fought the good fight of faith, said, casting down reasonings in every high thing. Hallelujah. So, I mean, you know, the, the mere reason that he's saying those things to those churches and this church here means that he must have had ample opportunity to think on things that weren't so hot. He must have had ample opportunity not to cast down imaginations. But he says, I fought the good fight. And a good fight of faith is a fight that you win. Now let me just quote this to you in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. It says this, whatsoever is born of God, whatsoever. Can I see the hands of those that are born of God tonight? I mean, you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you're born of God, that you're a child of God. So he says, whatsoever is born of God or born of love overcometh what? 
overcometh the world. You see, the world's system, the God of the world's system is the most low. But when you're born of God, you're in a position to overcome the world. And read the rest with me. This is shouting ground right here. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. It is a faith that is not to be glorifying man, but it is a faith that is in a faithful God that glorifies him every day of your life. For the just are going to live by faith. Say this with me real strong. I'm walking by faith, walking by faith. And, not by sight. and not by sight. So he said in verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Are we in a race? We are not here for ourselves. We are not here To see how much we can accumulate. And to see how much we can have at the end of our time here on earth. No, we are in a race. Mm -hmm. And Paul finished the race. Man, it's just popping tonight. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. These aren't things I'm thinking up. This isn't anything that Mark Thomas thought up. This is coming from the throne of grace for you tonight. Hallelujah. Everyone lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for speaking to me tonight. Amen. He said, I have finished the race. How shall we then finish this race? Hebrews 12, chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Look at this. Hebrews 12th chapter, he says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, that means pastor, that means you, that means every Christian, let us lay aside what? Are there weights that can get into our lives? I know that there have been weights in the past that have gotten into my life. And one thing about natural weights around your ankles, it prevents you from running your race to the degree that you could. So he says here, lay aside every weight. Now, I can't tell you what a weight is to you, but I know what a weight is to me. And the Holy Spirit will show you what that weight is that you need to lay aside. For what purpose? Does he want you just to be miserable? No. He wants you to be able to run your race strong. Amen. And last, go through the finish line. So let us lay aside every weight and, of course, and the sin which does so easily beset us. So sin then can take a person out of the race if that sin is not dealt with properly. In other words, if that person doesn't turn from that sin, 
and get off the wrong way and get back on the right way, that sin can beset us. Now, I don't know what the word beset means, but I would think that it means to cast you aside. Set you off course. And the sin. What's this so easily beset us? So, we lay aside the weights. We make sure that we keep sin under our feet, right? Say this with me. For sin sin. shall no longer longer. have dominion over me. me. For I am not under the law, but I'm under grace. I'm not under sin. Sin is under me. So as we lay aside the weights and the sin, notice what we'll be able to do. And let us, let us. Now listen very carefully. This came up in my spirit. There's a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on, right? Their race is finished. Their race is done, correct? You have relatives in heaven that are cheering you on. But those, how can I say this, Lord? Those that have gone on have already finished their race and they're done with their race. And yet there are those that are alive today just sitting around in the grandstands watching everyone race. Cheering them on. Isn't he wonderful? Wow, don't they have a big ministry? They have so much money. They're so prophetic. (laughs) Yay, rah, rah. You know, we should cheer one another on. But we shouldn't do it out of idolatry. We should do it while we're running next to each other. Just keep running, George. Glory to God. Chris, just keep running. Hallelujah. Just keep running. We're heading toward the finish line. I can't tell you of the number of people that I've come across in these 40 years of ministry that are simply on the sidelines doing absolutely nothing. Did you feel that? Yeah, but that's not you. That's not you, right? That's not us. Come on, that's not us. Glory to God. You preach this on a Sunday morning, you better duck because there might be some rocks heading your way. Thank God has given his angels charge over us. Keeping us in all our ways. Say with me, I'm not a sideliner. I'm not a grand stander. And you know something about these sideliners? In these grandstanders, they're also Monday, Monday morning quarterbacks. Like what you should have done, yeah. Well, I tell you now, if I was a pastor, I, <laughs> I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have done that, man. I never really, really cottoned much to Monday morning quarterbacks, you know, even in the natural realm. Oh, man, did you see that? He was in the end zone. And he let that ball go right through his hands. But you don't know 
that he just got three broken ribs on the play before. Wow, we're going somewhere tonight. So, lest we be critical of one another, until you've walked, until you've been where someone else has been, and done what someone else has done, and stood where someone else is standing, we best just keep our mouth shut. And if our mouths are going to open... We ought to be praying in the Spirit and believe in God that they're going to be overcoming this situation. Amen. Well, that's in there. It is. It's in there. It's in the Word. Finally, there's. So let us run with what? Now, this word patience means endurance. It takes endurance to get on a course with God and for God and to stay on it. But he furnishes you the ability to persevere. Amen. So let us run with patience. Oh, hallelujah. What is before us is so much greater and so much better and so much more than what's behind us. Yeah, amen. Amen. (laughs) What's before you? What's before you, Shannon? What's before you? What's before me? Hallelujah. It's so much bigger. It's so much better. It's so much greater than what's behind us. Hallelujah, Tony. Glory to God. So we rejoice in the victories that have been behind us. But I hear the Lord saying, I've saved the best for the last. Glory to God. Just like on the day of Pentecost, there came a rushing mighty wind. This rushing mighty wind is coming upon the church in a greater way and even in larger dimensions. And it's going to take us right on out of this world into the shores of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So let us run with patience, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 8, finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who love his appearing. Are you ready for him to come? So Paul is saying, I'm happy because I fought a good fight. I finished it. I've done it all. And then, in closing this tonight, I'm well keenly aware that it's Wednesday evening, and I'm keenly aware that, that many of you get up at 3 and 4 in the morning. So we're going to be going here in a few moments. But did you get anything tonight? Yeah, did you get anything that will stick to your ribs? Yeah. Did you get anything you can chew on? Yeah. Amen? So how do we fight? We don't shadow box as one that beats the air. I'm not fighting bills. I'm not fighting symptoms. I'm fighting from a place of victory. Now here's a key here. And if I'm here next Wednesday night, I'll preach it to you. I should be. 
No, I'm not looking at going home to be with the Lord. But I may go to Pismo Beach. I never know. You don't want to be carnal and stay away from church just because Pastor Brenda or Pastor Mark may not be here. So here, here's another clue that we're going to look at. How do we fight the good fight of faith? There is a connection to confession here. Look back at 1 Timothy 6.12 and let's uh, all stand up. We'll read 1 Timothy 6.12 together. Please stand if you would. You've been seated long enough. Read it with me, please, one more time. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed. And have confessed the what? The good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now you will see that Jesus, our Lord, our Master, our Savior, modeled this very thing. And we're going to see where he did it and how he did it and how he didn't flinch when he had the opportunity to retreat. Father, I pray for your people tonight. I thank you, Father, for the rest of this week. We declare this week a week of glory, a week of strength, and a week of victory, Father. I pray, Lord God, that the eyes of our hearts would continually be flooded with light. Our hearts would be strengthened with might. And Lord, we look forward to tomorrow night where we can come together and pray for this nation in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night, everybody. Have a great evening. God bless you.